Thank you so much for joining us for Step Into Strength. We're so excited to have you back with us for session five. Yes. Hey, I hope you've been using your study guides. I know I've really enjoyed having those growing more in spending time in the word and growing in knowing Christ. Absolutely. And we hope that you've been working on your memory verse. I think yes. I've got mine down. Sarah, do you have yours down? I've been working on it. Okay. Let's hear it. Our memory verse from this past week was Philippians 3, 8, and it said, yes, everything else is else. Everything else is considered worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Woo! Give it a round of applause, girls. <laughs> Good job. You got it. Thanks. All right. Well, hey, it is time for us to jump into the message. So grab your pens, grab your journals, and let's get ready to join Pastor Ann. Welcome to the fifth session in our series, Step into strength. I am absolutely loving sharing this series with you. So glad that you have been joining me for this. And you know, in this series, we're really focusing on the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians and seeing how when he wrote this book, this letter to his friends in Philippi, he was chained in a prison cell. Life as he had known it had come to a stop. He didn't have any certainty for his future. He didn't know if he would be put to death today or tomorrow. And yet, in the midst of these incredibly difficult circumstances that he faced, he had the most amazing joy and strength. In fact, he writes this letter to share with his friends in Philippi how they too can have this kind of joy and strength in the midst of difficulty or anything that they face in life. And so we have been diving into the book of Philippians and learning from these principles for our lives as well and learning how to apply them to our lives. And really in the four chapters of Philippians, there's four main keys that Paul shares. And so in the first chapter, we saw that first key is to be confident in Christ. And then in the second chapter, we saw the second key was to think like Christ. I mean, if we're thinking crazy thoughts that are taking us downhill, that is not going to keep us walking in God's strength, right? So that is so important. And then the third key from the third chapter is to grow in knowing Christ. We talked about that in our last session. Paul said he counts everything else as worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ. When we take on that perspective, we walk in God's strength. And then today, the fourth key that we are going to see from the fourth chapter of Philippians is to live in the peace of Christ. And this verse is really summed up in... Philippians 4, verse 7, and this is our memory verse for this week, okay? It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understandings, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, God wants us to live in his peace. And I think we'd all say that we desire to live in his peace, wouldn't we? Don't you want to live in his peace? I do. But, you know, the peace that most people think of and that's defined by the dictionary is the absence of strife or dissension or conflict. 
It also is defined as complete silence. But Paul is not talking about that kind of peace. He is talking about the peace of God. And this is very different. It's supernatural peace. And it's available to us even in the midst of conflict. Even when things are not so silent around us. Even when things are crazy. This is the peace that brings harmony between us and God. The peace that brings harmony between us and others in our relationships. Part of the definition of this peace, God's peace, is security, safety, prosperity, freedom from fear. That's what God wants us to experience and to live in. And Paul said that God's peace surpasses all understanding. So that means when there is no natural reason to have peace, when everything around us is crazy, we can still have God's peace. That is so exciting to me, to know that no matter what, my peace that I can walk in is not based on circumstances. Now, Paul also said that God's peace will guard our hearts and our minds. So, if we learn how to live in God's peace, it will actually become a guardrail to protect us from getting sucked in to those crazy thoughts, the crazy emotions that can take us downhill like that. Living in God's peace enables us to walk in God's joy and therefore in his strength. And I have definitely found this to be true in my life. I mean, peace is extremely important to me. I really like to live in peace. And when I'm not at peace, it's incredibly evident to me because I really endeavor to walk in God's peace. And so... When I'm not in his peace, all of a sudden I start noticing uh, something's off. Something's different. What just happened? I may start thinking, why am I so frustrated? Why am I so agitated? Why am I upset or in turmoil? And then you know what I do? I make a very conscious decision to retrace my steps and recognize where I lost that peace. And I'll recognize, oh, it was that conversation that I had. Oh, it was that negative news that I just received. And once I recognize what I allowed to cause me to step out of that place of peace, then I can deal with it and step back into God's peace. You see, his peace is always there. It's always available to us, but it's up to us to learn how to live in it. The peace of God, it's not just a character trait. It is powerful. Colossians 3 verse 15 tells us to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. The peace of God is powerful. It should rule us. And that word rule in the original writings, it literally means to be the umpire. What does an umpire do? 
calls the shots, right? That's in, that's out. Gary and I make the biggest decisions of our life based on whether or not we have God's peace. Should we go this direction? Uh, we don't have peace. Should we go this direction? Uh, yes, we have peace. And I'm not talking about a logical peace, that on paper, yes, everything seems to make the most sense this way, so let's go that way. No, I am talking about the peace that comes from God, that we sense in our spirit. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense on paper, but we follow the direction where we have God's peace. That's how he leads us. His peace is powerful in our lives. But what else does an umpire do? By definition, an umpire maintains the standard of play in the game. The peace of God will maintain the standard of godly living in our lives, if we allow it to, because it will guard our mind. It will guard our heart. So it keeps us out of those crazy thoughts. It keeps us from being that emotional roller coaster. It keeps us on track with God and positions us to walk more fully in his joy and in his strength. But that verse said, let the peace of God rule our heart. So it's up to us. We have to let it. So how do we do that? How do we let it rule? How do we find God's peace when it seems like it is nowhere to be found? Well, Paul helps us. He shows us how to find it. In Philippians chapter 4, he tells us exactly how we can find God's peace. Look at verse 6 with me. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You see, God doesn't want us to be anxious. He doesn't want us worrying. He doesn't want us to be fearful. He wants us to come to him in prayer, talking to him, bringing our requests to him. And it says, and supplication. You know what supplication really is? Supplication is fervently asking, asking, making our requests known to him. Sometimes I think we're afraid to do that. He wants us to do that, to fervently ask. God wants to work in the situations that we face in life. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, well, when, when does he want to do that? I mean, which situations? Because, you know, there's so many situations. There's big situations, little situations. I mean, he doesn't want us to bother him with all the little situations, does he? Yes, he does. He absolutely does. What did he say in this verse? He wants us to be anxious for nothing but in everything come to him in prayer. And then he says, he tells us what kind of attitude we should come to him with. Should we come in with an attitude of doubt? Like, okay, well, Lord, I'll ask, but, you know, maybe you won't do it. Maybe you will. Whatever you think. No, he doesn't want us to come with that kind of attitude. He tells us to come with thankfulness. You know why? Because when we thank him for what he is going to do, we're letting him know that we trust him. 
that we really believe that he hears us, that he answers, that he's going to work in our situation. 1 John 5.15 tells us that we can be confident that God hears and answers our prayers. So when we bring our requests to him, when we ask with thanksgiving, then the very next verse continues on from that thought. It's our key verse for this chapter, and it tells us the result of those prayers. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That is the result of coming to God in prayer. But you know, I think so often we like to think about our problem. We replay it over and over in our minds. We worry about our problem. We talk to others about our problem. Sometimes we even think we're praying about it by just saying, oh God, help. Oh God, this situation's horrible. Oh God, I'm miserable. That's not praying, that's just complaining to God. He wants us to carve out time to really have a conversation, to talk to him about it, to ask him for his divine intervention, believing that he hears us, and listening because prayer is a conversation and a conversation is two-sided, or should be at least, right? And then when we, we don't do that, when, when we just worry about it or complain to God, we wonder why we don't have his peace. But when we come to him and talk about it, that's when we step into his peace. It's where we exchange our anxious thoughts for his peace. And then Paul tells us, okay, this is how you find God's peace. Come to him with everything, in prayer, with supplication, with thanksgiving, okay? That's how we find the peace. But then he goes on from there to tell us how we keep God's peace. Look at verse 8 with me. The very next verse continues right on. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I have to tell you, this verse right here, it is one of my most favorite verses in the Bible, probably because it's one that I come back to constantly, pretty much daily, to help me keep my thoughts in order to keep them on track with God and his thoughts. And you might be thinking, well, why is he talking about this again here? Didn't he already talk about our thoughts in chapter 2? And thinking like Christ, yes, he did. But our thoughts are incredibly important. Our thoughts have so much power over our lives. And our thoughts tend to get crazy if case you haven't noticed that. So it is worth talking about again. And he talks about it right here because this is how we stay in that peace of God that we find when we pray and come to him. I mean, think about it. How many times have you prayed about something? I mean, really brought it to God and, and 
poured it out and listened and made that exchange and felt his peace and thought, oh, God, thank you. Thank you. I feel so much better. And you've walked away, and within a very short time frame, you started thinking about the problem again. And you started worrying and becoming fearful again. Yeah, we've all been there. That's why Paul is reminding us about our thoughts right here. Right after he tells us to pray, to come to God, to receive his peace. Then on the heels of that, he tells us we need to then tell ourselves what to think so that we can stay in God's peace. When there's a conflict with a person in our life, I mean, that does happen sometimes, we need to pray. We need to bring it to God. We need to talk to him about it. And then after we do that and we receive his peace, then we need to start thinking about the good things, about the good in that person. That person that's driving us crazy, yeah, there's good in them. And we need to shift our focus onto that. We need to start thinking about the things in them that are praiseworthy. We need to think about the fact that God put us in their life to be able to pour out his love onto them. We need to focus on these things and that will keep us in peace in our heart and in peace with that person. When there's a difficult decision that needs to be made, we need to pray. We need to ask God for his intervention, for his wisdom, direction, receive his peace. But then we need to start thinking about God's promises. Think about the fact that God's word says, if I ask for wisdom, he'll give it to me liberally. And thank him for that wisdom. Thank him that he loves us so much that he's going to help us make the decision that is for our best. Thank him and keep our focus on these things. How about if we were to receive a negative report about our health? What do we do? We first pray. We come to him. We open our heart. We, we share it with him. We ask for his help. We ask for his divine intervention. We thank him, letting him know we're trusting him. We receive his peace, but then we don't stop there. Then we tell ourselves what to think, and we put our focus on the fact that he is our healer. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. We tell ourselves what to think on rather than getting sucked back in to fear and worry and anxiousness over the situation, okay? When we think on these things, when we keep our thoughts in line with God's, that's how we then stay in God's peace. Verse 9, the very next verse, continuing on from there, think on these things, and then Paul says, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me. Now remember, he is teaching us what he has learned. He has learned this principle. And he's telling his friends, I have learned this and you've seen this at work in my life. And he continues on. Now these do. You do this. You do what you've seen me do. And the God of peace will be with you. When we keep our minds fixed on God, fixed on the good things, 
the pure, the true, the noble, the praiseworthy, we will continue to stay in God's peace. Because Paul lived in the peace of God, he was able to be content no matter what came his way, no matter what situation he faced in life. Remember in our introduction to this series, we said that one reason Paul was writing this letter to his friends in Philippi was to thank them for the gift that they had sent to him in prison through Epaphroditus. And he is thanking them and he's expressing in this letter, his appreciation to them in this fourth chapter, he talks about it. He thanks them for their generosity, but he also wants to teach them something in the midst of it. And he wants them to understand that although he's grateful for that gift, he wasn't in need. He doesn't have any needs because he's learned how to be content in Christ, no matter what situation he faces. Look at what he says, starting in verse 11. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything who Christ through Christ who gives me strength. Wow. What a statement. To have total contentment with everything or with absolutely nothing. Could we make that same statement? You see, Paul learned how to live in the peace of Christ. And that peace became the guardrail for him that kept him full of contentment, supernatural joy, and enabled him to walk through everything with God's strength. And when we learn to live in God's peace, we will be able to genuinely say, we can walk through everything. We can do everything through Christ who strengthens us as well. I want to pray for you today. Father, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the peace that is available to us through you. It's who you are, the God of peace. And so, Father, I pray right now for every person watching. God, I pray that we would learn to live in your peace, that we wouldn't just occasionally visit your peace. We would live in your peace. God, help us to recognize when we're not living in your peace. Help us to put these principles to work that Paul gave us, to come to you in prayer, to receive your peace, and then to tell ourselves what to think so we stay on track with you and we continue living in your peace. God, I pray that your peace would become that guardrail guarding our hearts and our minds, keeping us from getting sucked in to the negative, crazy thoughts and emotions that try to pull us off track. And God... As we grow in living in your peace, 
I thank you that we will experience more of your supernatural joy and strength in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, girls. Now, I have to tell you, I am super excited about our next session because in our next session, which is our last session of this series, we are going to be pulling together these four keys that we have been talking about. We are going to see how to use them every day in every situation we face to really be that checklist for our lives to keep us walking in God's strength. All right? So don't miss the next session. And now stay tuned for some discussion questions. What a great message. You know, I love that God's peace is different than the world's peace, that even in the midst of craziness and confusion and the chaos of life, that we can access God's peace, that we don't actually have to wait for life to calm down and everything to be smooth, but that we can have his peace in the midst of all of that. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And our memory verse for this week, our final memory verse, really drives that point home. We're going to be learning Philippians 4, 7 together, and it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Yeah. And hey, girls, don't forget to utilize those study guides again this week. They're going to help you dive deeper into Philippians chapter 4. Yeah, and we've got some discussion questions headed your way right now. Our first question is, what has been ruling your heart most recently, peace or fear? And your second question, what has God spoken to your heart through this session to help you receive more of his peace? And finally, what can you do to continually stay in God's peace? We love you girls. We will see you next time.